From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And we're just pleased as punch to have Alex Barasa join us. Uh, Alex, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm rejoicing because you're here. Amen. Well, I'm very, very um, grateful for being here. I'm grateful for being back yeah. I mean, from our great experience of World Youth Day. So you were at World Youth Day in the early part of August, uh, part of the yes. Sacramento contingent. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we know how many people ultimately from our area... Uh, made it to i mean some went on their own yes so we had um, a diocesan mass on um um on wednesday of the week we were um bishop celebrated mass at saint anthony of lisbon which is no, of Padua, but yes, it's of lisbon yes. I, and I know uh, the distinction uh-huh and um um it was father mitch uh father abram father wood father rush they were on celebrating and then we had um, um, the oh Deacon um, right now gets um, his name, and um, so those were like the ones that we knew about, and there was a, about 150. Oh wow! Um, uh, um, all together, or not maybe 180 because we um, I need to count my my uh, uh, group as well. So we had um, and I know we had other people from different places going, mm-hmm. joining other uh, groups. So I would say um, uh, a good estimate would be like 250 wow. from our diocese that were there. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Yes. Did they ever give a crowd estimate or, or, or how many, no, not crowd, but participants there were? Yeah, yes. Um, what was it? A million eight hundred thousand people wow. for the closing, um, for the closing mass. Uh, the vigil and the mass. That's wow. what they said. Um, what time of day do they have the closing mass? Well, so it all started on the, um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the vigil with the um, holy hour and in that activity started at uh, I think it was eight p.m. Mm-hmm. and then it went um, for like until ten thirty, and um, and then it was lights out and everybody was supposed to go to, supposed to go to sleep and then uh, we had um, uh, the mass. They woke us up at six thirty. And I think the Pope started um, the rounds around 8, and then he got to the altar around 9, mm-hmm. 9-ish, and then the Mass started. Outdoors? Outdoors. Just, uh, uh-huh. Everybody standing, sitting, kneeling? Well, that's the challenge, right? Because there were yeah. so many people, so many people, and they divide you up in these squares. And um, and um, I don't know how... how Stay that? in your square uh-huh. so it doesn't get too crowded yeah. uh-huh. and you're supposed to have access to the access but i don't know how they measure how many people fit in these uh spaces so um, i took my own little chair that you can fold up and down mm-hmm. so i was sitting some people um were sitting on the floor some people were just standing one of the things that i really appreciated was that the pope celebrated mass and everybody received communion in an hour and a half wow yes the message was uh, what all the way to very, very um, uh, to the point, very specific is homily. And in our little square, um, which was not little, um, there were 12 or 
12, 15 Eucharistic ministers um, uh, distributing mm -hmm. communion. So mm -hmm. how did they transmit the Pope's homily? What, what, what language did he speak, and how did mm -hmm. they... Get it out to the, however many languages were there. Okay. So the whole event started, then the opening per se, it was on Tuesday, and the cardinal, who's no, no longer the, the head of the diocese, was the one that opened, um, and everything was in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And then when the Pope got there, um, there were four languages, English, Spanish, Portuguese, and French. Those okay. were the four official languages of, of the um, week. And uh, so, so they were alternating the languages. But when the Pope spoke, um, uh, the homily and all, every, everything else, when he would speak, he did it in Spanish. In Spanish, okay. Mm -hmm. Which a blessing in itself. Because he, he grew up with both Spanish and Italian, didn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, he did, like, the last, um, uh, I think when he announced where the next uh, World Youth Day, he did it in Italian. I think mm -hmm. that's the one that he did in time. I don't remember. Everything is like, I know I understood, but there was a moment there that I didn't, because he invited everybody to the 25th, 2025 to go to Rome, and then he announced the next World USA. I think, I think he was in Italian at that moment. 2025, um, so just two years. Yeah, so um, uh, every 25 years is the Jubilee. Oh, sure. Um, oh, and then yeah. so on the 2025, they're going to have uh, the first week of August, it's not a world youth day, but all the youth of the world are invited to attend. Oh, wow. I don't know what that means. I mean, it's like a point five world yeah. youth day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's, that's what's going to happen. And that would be Rome? In Rome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to, I think it's going to be um, millions of people there. Mm -hmm. wow. and, and you'll be surprised. The largest contingency of young people were from Spain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Spain did a, a very um, um, big um, work bringing people to the to the uh, world. You see, I would I would be interested to know if there are any countries at all that didn't have some representation. I would suspect almost every country. Yeah, they there was one. I saw it on one of the news. I think Tonga didn't go mm -hmm. as a as a delegation, and I. Think Ukraine didn't go as a delegation. Maybe not. I mean, yeah. there were people from Ukraine, but I think officially. Well, things are so tough in Ukraine mm -hmm. right now that yeah. that people, probably most people, just feel like they couldn't leave. Yeah. So, but I think Tonga was also one of the countries because mm -hmm. when I went to Australia, there was a big Tongan um, mm -hmm. uh, delegation, and apparently in this one there was none. Mm -hmm. And so did most countries have what you would call an official delegation? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And then mm -hmm. and on a diocesan level like we had? Um, well, what, um, what other countries did, it was by the um, episcopacy, the, the, um, like we have the U.S. CCB, the, mm -hmm. the Bishops' Conference. Right. Other countries have the different, different names, same idea, sure. Bishops' Conference, and most of them were... Um, as humongous groups mm -hmm. from that same um, right. from from the de delegations of the bishops, so we the United States don't do that. Every diocese, every parish, they can do it on their own, right? Um, uh, and then they can, which I think is wiser, because mm -hmm. everybody gets to do their own trip and and meet their own needs. Mm -hmm. You fly. 
was it a charter flight that you took? No, no, no. no. So we, you you flew from San Francisco uh, to Lisbon, no, San Francisco to Paris. To Paris. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, and I did have a chocolate in Paris, macarons. Oh. <laughs> I always wanted to eat macarons in Paris, and I did. And you did it? At the airport. I don't know if they're real, yeah. but, you know, they taste You didn't it. leave the airport, though. No, yeah. no. We, we, it was like an hour and a half yeah. we had. And then a direct flight to Lisbon? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we flew Air France. I had never mm-hmm. flown Air France in my life. I mean, and it was um, very good food, I mean, surprisingly. And um, it was funny because I wanted a coffee. Uh, for the dinner and they refused to give me a coffee and they said either water wine or uh, something else wow and i said okay wine i mean yeah <laughs> i don't they, know they, they just oh. felt that like the coffee didn't go with the dinner probably. didn't go with the dinner it was like some it, chefs not necessarily on an airline but some chefs are very mm-hmm. p- particular yes I, I remember one time mm-hmm. i was it was it was up. It was really a small town up in Northern California somewhere, and it was my wife and, and it was a nice little restaurant just near the side of the road. And we didn't know anything about it and went in and and whatever I, w- I tried to order, it came with a, a big dollop of sour cream on it. And and I said, oh, I'll have that, but it was some kind of a stew or something, mm-hmm. you know, and a lamb stew or something. I said I I, I prefer not to have the sour cream. And the waitress came back and she said. The chef will not do it. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, because it wasn't part of the deal. I mean, they were uh, cooked into it. It mm-hmm. was just, it was the last touch. And uh, he was he just wouldn't do it. it was, I, I, I know. Some <laughs> some people are particular about their food. I mean, yeah. and yeah, but no, it was, it was some. So very long flight on the way. And then on the way back, we flew Lisbon, uh, New York, which was like seven and a half hours, and then New York, San Francisco, which was another like seven About, hours. Yeah, it was, it was a long, that's long grueling. flight. Yes, it was. It was significant. Yeah, but you, were you comfortable enough on in the air? Um, I don't mind flying. Um, I just um, um, I'm at that age that I need to be standing and yeah. then sitting. I mean, standing and sitting. But um, other than that, I was, I mean, it was great. It was they let you walk, they, they don't let you walk around the plane like they used to. Um, you know, I'm Mexican, so you just say, you, you walk around, and if anybody <laughs> says something, you say, see, see, <laughs> see uh-huh, I boy, and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because I needed to walk. I, oh, I know, uh, yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm, uh-huh. I'm the same same way. Yeah. You know, and, the doctors tell you. Uh-huh. They say, yeah. don't you sit for seven hours. Yeah, yeah, and I and I did. I walked around like um, every two hours I would stand yeah. up and and uh, pretend go to the bathroom yeah, and, right, and right. pretend I forgot where I was sitting. <laughs> and then, Oh, where was oh, my seat? Yeah, yeah. And, and then go around uh, the whole airplane looking for my seat. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh, yeah, but that's good. That was fun. So did most people, did they camp? Did they stay in hotels? Did they stay with families? How did that work? So um, all those are, there's no camping per se. Okay. It's called simple accommodations. So um, uh, simple accommodations are, uh, can be schools, mm-hmm. um, can be, um, they turn the um, train station into a big area for people to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then they had open showers um, somewhere mm-hmm. for people to take a shower. Then there's the one that um, uh, you can stay with a host family mm-hmm. and um, and just sleep wherever the host family right. is. 
Um, those are also simple accommodations. Mm-hmm. So you could, um, if you register early enough, you can, um, they will assign you to a host family. The later you register for simple accommodations, the less chances you are to be with a family and mm-hmm. you end up being um, in one of these big areas, yeah. uh, spaces. And then we were at a hotel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we made the reservations like three years in advance. I presume um, every hotel was mm-hmm. just packed. Well, not only that, um, uh, hotels went up significantly, right? I mean, and the prices just uh, skyrocketed because people were paying them. And um, and then what um, also I noticed is I started getting all these emails from uh, um, Airbnb. People were uh, saying, you know, we'll rent you the house. I mean, all these people were renting property at the um, the last month, I don't even sure. know how many of those emails I got. So um, uh, it was very, um, um, I guess, um, yeah, people took advantage of the opportunity to yeah, make, make, a little money. Uh-huh, make a little money. No, it, it's, they call it variable pricing now, and you see it on tickets to football games and concerts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not just, oh, this is a $30 ticket. It's, it's whatever the market is, mm-hmm. the demand is. I, I remember... A few years ago, as 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 a sports writer, being assigned to cover a bowl game, mm-hmm. a football bowl game, mm-hmm. and and you know I I looked up online, you know, and I mean it was going to be paid for by by the employer, but 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 looked it up, and it was like I don't know, it was 112. It was kind of in a nice nice area the where the game was, you know, and. It was like 112 dollars a night or something just i just looked it up way ahead of time i didn't check the date you mm-hmm. know and and then it was like the three or four days before the games 112 112 112 day of the game it was like 600 it was it wasn't just a few dollars it was yeah, like yeah. boom because mm-hmm. they knew they could get it mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, the person at the hotel was telling me that um the other hotel was charging something like uh, 3,000 euros for the rooms that we had. And I was like, wow. I mean, they, but uh, some people, some of the hotels were upset because they charge the rate. Their rate uh-huh. right. yeah. And uh, and some people didn't didn't rent them until the week off. Yeah. And then they made, um, right. yeah, but, you know, to each his own. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was really nice. Um, we got to, to be very close to the Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Pope Francis makes an effort to visit everybody that is way out there, as much as way in the front. So that it's um, he takes time to really drive that um, uh, Pope mobile around. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I I got to be very close to them. It was um, a line of uh, girls that were very um, excited to be there, and I was behind them, so I got to be very close to see that. I, the Pope pass. A few years ago, the uh, Pope Francis came to New York and uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I got to cover on the radio the the papal mass on the Ben Franklin Parkway out outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, and w- all the press, which was many, uh, they they built these big bleachers, mm-hmm. and then within each uh, within the bleachers, each each radio had kind of their own little area, you know, and they, they had a few partitions and things to try to keep the noise from one radio not mm-hmm. getting on to the other. But but 
if you hike to the top of the bleachers, you could finally see the Pope Mobile. So uh-huh. you could hear the crowd. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because uh-huh. you get there hours early because of security mm-hmm. and everything. But then you could hear the crowd. Oh, something must be happening. And the Pope Mobile would come, and you're going, okay, it's probably going to be about 10 minutes to go maybe a mile. Mm-hmm. And it would stop. And the Pope would jump out. Mm-hmm. And he would go kiss a baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and he would engage the people. Mm-hmm. And then it'd go <laughs> 20 more feet. And the Pope would see, he would see somebody with mm-hmm. a sign or something. Mm-hmm. And he'd hop out again, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was funny. It was touching, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you realize, man, this is a real man of the people. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Finally, he got there, though. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a, a real, real, real highlight of, of my life. You know, mm-hmm. it, was just, it was just fabulous to be there for a papal mass. Yeah, it's, it's certainly um, an experience. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound conceited, but the only time I have heard the creed being sung, the whole creed, all lines, is at the papal masses. Wow. And it's like, oh my God, they're gonna sing the whole thing, and it's yeah. like they the whole thing is being sung in this um, uh, beautiful uh, chant, but mm-hmm. but it's long. It's, it's long. Is yeah. that for the faint of heart? I yeah. mean, <laughs> you, you 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 can sit down or stand there to the whole thing, but it's so were were mm-hmm. the Pope's words for the homily were they put on a screen no. in different languages? No, no. Um, what they do is they have shortwave radio. Uh-huh. And um, uh, this year they, they didn't give books. Everything was on an app. Um, uh, so if you want it, every time, um, every event will tell you where, um, what radio station to tune in. Mm-hmm. And then you will tune in for that language. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you could hear it um, uh, right there where you were in your language. And, and the interesting thing is, is uh, in, in many dioceses in the United States, where people are speaking 10 different languages, they, they, they might have had to vote on which language we're going to listen to it in. Yeah, 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 even even our own group, right? Sure, Because sure. some of people were fully bilingual in, in Spanish, but they wanted to listen to it in, in English. Uh-huh. And some, we had um, a person from uh, of um, that, that is fluent um, in um, Korean, mm. and she could hear it in Korean if she wanted wow. to, right? Because she was fluent in, in the language. So... Um, that's, it was very um, really special. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and uh, it was. Um, I think the. I mean, I love the stations of the cross, the way um, is uh, interpreted for this event, and this year one of the stations was on the ecology, mm-hmm. and it was very uh, significant. Um, what they did with how it was very artistic this time. Um, uh, I don't know if you had. Um, had a chance to catch up on all the videos that they put out there, but they built um, a backdrop to where the um, the Pope was, and he had um, like levels uh, higher and lower, and the stations of the cross were like they were. One of them was high up there, and another one was down here, and then there was this cross that would be moving around, oh, wow. uh, telling you where the station was, uh-huh. and then there were these banners falling. Um, uh, um, from whatever whatever height it was, all the way down to um, the the floor almost. So it was very. Um, uh, they were building like a mural with this cloth that was falling, and it was moving all over around. So it was very um, uh, um, um, beautiful mm-hmm. in 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 uh, in many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the one from on the ecology, 
there was all this smoke that came up, um, and then they were wearing these masks, and it was very um, 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 challenging to watch in a way because it really made you consider what, what, what they were being said. Some, and then the stations were done in, the, in three or four languages, so for sure there was going to be a snippet in, in English and a snippet in Spanish. There was um, uh, French and there was port- Portuguese. So you could you could hear uh, something in your own language if you didn't have the radio. And the stations almost don't need words, do they? No. No, no, no. and you could actually see them mm-hmm. because they were being played out, right, and you could actually make out what yeah. they were doing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So... What was Lisbon like during this as a city? Uh, I mean, there, there, there are probably some people in Lisbon going, "Good riddance." You know. Well, it was it was interesting, Lisbon. Um, so, I'm not sure they understood that there was going to be a lot of people uh-huh. because they didn't add any public passes. So, really? so the challenge was that they closed streets, right? Yeah, yeah. And once they closed streets, public transportation was not a, an option. Because um, it was very hard to get to places. And right. then if you were venture enough to go in and get on a bus, um, uh, it was the local people plus us. Mm-hmm. So they didn't add more um, buses to the lines. They didn't add any more um, uh, metro cars. I mean, they just went the way they were. Mm-hmm. So it was very, um, 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 we just walked. You walk. We walked yeah. everywhere. Um, uh, 50 degree um, up the hill, mm-hmm. um, uh, 90 degree almost down the hill, but um, we opted um, not to be, because um, um, he was uh, guessing, he was um, wishing that you get the bus and yeah. hoping that, that there was going to be a spot for you. So yeah. we just um, opted for that or taking an Uber. Mm-hmm. Uber was working. It was working, and it was easy enough to get. Oh well, not easy enough, but it was for if if it said it was coming, even though it said that you need to wait twenty minutes, it would get there. Okay, right? Because um, uh, the bus, you never knew what yeah. was going to happen. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So we we did that. What What was the high point for you? I think the stations of the cross is always something I look forward to, and then um, the um, uh, Saturday evening adoration. There's a moment of silence. Um, there's, um, and for me, so significant. It's like, it's like a wild circus. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. many, many things, you know, um, smoking. I mean, you call it because it's an outdoor event. Sure. All these young adults together. But then when, they say, when the Pope said, let's take a moment of silence before the Lord. And we were next to the river, and you could hear the water. Wow. And there were a million and eight hundred people there. Wow. And you could hear the water. That's you, amazing. Uh-huh. You didn't hear any sound. And he was like, Oh my god, only only um only the true presence of God can do that. Yeah. Mm, that that's always a highlight to me. Did anybody make it to Fatima? Oh, we went twice. We were blessed enough. So the idea was that we were gonna go there first. Um, on Sunday when we got there, we were going to go and say hi to um, Mother Mary, but our flight was like five hours. Um, we we had um, challenges on the way, and um, and we got there very, very late. But I said, we're still going to go. And we're going to say hi to Mama Mary, and then we're going to be on our way because we we're going to go to Santiago. We went to Santiago Compostela, and then um, I, we wanted to go on Sunday to do them, visit them, Miracle, Eucharistic Miracle that is there. 
But I said, um, um, the mother of the son, the mother of the son. So we went to see mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, the Lord, we already saw him. I mean, we'll go and see. And we went, and, and it was like a five-hour visit, so we got to uh, spend time. We ate dinner there, and then we did um, um in at night they have the candle ceremony where mm-hmm. people walk with the candles behind the pilgrim um, image around the um, the um, um it's a big big um open space area mm-hmm. in uh, in um the pilgrim um image of mary walks the area and then we walk next to with some candles and it was very very and how did you get to fatima um well we had buses we had um uh, because we were going to go to um um, Santiago, we had our, our shutter bus over uh-huh. there. And then on Sunday, um, uh, I convinced the um, uh, travel agency to give me a bus uh, at cost. And they did. And it turned out to be like 30 euros per person, which was much cheaper than yeah. than doing um, um, an Uber. Oh, sure. And, uh, and it was like very, very good doing that. Mm-hmm. How, how far a ride is it to Fatima? From Pol- it was Pol- an hour and a half, hour mm-hmm. forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. wasn't very far away. Mm-hmm. How big a city is Fatima? Um, it didn't feel very big, but we only went to a specific area. Yeah. So I don't know. I was on the other side of the freeway, but it has a McDonald's and it has a Burger King. Yeah, so, so I'm thinking it's, it's not <laughs> a small city. I actually wanted to go to McDonald's just to see it, but it was like four blocks away from where we were and i said i was tired and i said i'm gonna walk all the way over there for a can you describe the what where what's what is present at at fatima oh it's 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 one of the most beautiful um yeah it's peace wow Mm -hmm. If we had a TV, we'd be zeroing in on Alex's. <laughs> he has teared up. Yeah, um, it was my dream, and and I did it. Wow, God did it. It's that powerful. Mm-hmm. And those uh, those uh, that's over over a hundred years now. Yes, and and um, they have the uh, outdoor um, chapel. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, sitting on top of the tree where the apparition happened, but um, the tree burned down when when the chap the first chapel burned down. Right. And uh, the tree burned down, but the stump is there. Mm-hmm. So they built um, uh, sort of a um, pillar, mm-hmm. and they put the image up there. Um, so that's what's out outside. They have um, they have the um, um, what look looks like the original chapel. Mm-hmm. Is there because the chapel burned and the right. other one fell? One of the earthquakes, so it's um, a replica of the originals. It's not the original, but it's, that's where the, the rosary is. And then, um, but the basilica, um, I didn't know. We went to the basilica, um, and um, um, Lucia is there, um, Jacinta is there, um, Francisco is there. I mean, they have their, um, uh, you can pray in their tomb. So I didn't know that, um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, uh, but just being there um, is is beautiful. Tremendous number of pilgrims there. 
um, there was there was a significant number of pilgrims, not um not thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we would be at like a thousand people. It's a humongous uh-huh. place. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we were um, uh, just a small group of people um, uh, compared to what holds. I mean, sure. I have I have no idea how many people fit in in that uh, open space. It's a, it's a very open, big open space. On one side you have the basilica, humongous, and then on the other side you have the basilica of the Holy Trinity, which is a new basilica, very modern, very um, very modern. And then on one side you have the apparition chapel, and on the other side you have the um, w- um, Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. They have a, a a piece of the Berlin Wall there that you can go and see. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a statue of um, John Paul II mm-hmm. commemorating his visit, and then a stat- uh, humongous cross, a humongous cross. And John Paul uh, II, who mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, in the real close connection to Fatima. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's very nice, um, very peaceful. I um, uh, One of the things that I never thought about was that um, they were... Um, uh, if you wanted to buy a candle for the for what we were doing, you can pay with a credit card now. Oh, really? Uh-huh. They have the credit card uh, machines all around, and you can just stick your credit card and say how much money you want to give on donations. Were there a lot of touristy things around? Around, yes, yeah. a lot. I mean, a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. And uh, but in, in the in the complex itself, there's the official store mm-hmm. where you can go and purchase, and then there's a um, an adjacent store that only sells books. Mm-hmm. So they divided it into two. One is for books, and the other one is for um, uh, um, crosses, rosaries, and all of that type of stuff. And did you go to, to San Diego to Compostela? We did. That was that was an, another amazing st- uh, experience. I've always wanted to um, visit where the apostles. One, one of, I mean, I've been to St. Peter's. But um, uh, just to go and feel like a pilgrim, it was mm-hmm. very. Uh, we did. We went. We visited the tomb. And we went to mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always wanted to see the humongous uh, incenser, mm-hmm. uh, right? Because it's cool the things that we do as Catholics. Um, but it was not gonna be in. Um, they only have it on. They only light it for so many, uh, for certain uh, feasts. Mm-hmm. But that day. The Japanese group um, had given a donation, so they they had it, and they announced it like that. You know, the mm-hmm. Japanese um, pilgrims uh, have given a donation, so we're gonna light it, and it was cool. <laughs> it was so cool seeing it um, in action. I mean, it was like uh, it was very very with the music, because they have this mm-hmm. organ. The organ was playing. It was very nice. The priest said that it was our prayers. Uh, being lifted up to the Lord, and and then the organ was going like a rock star organ, but yeah, yeah, and it was like really cool. I really liked it. Wow! So how long how long was the whole trip? It was from Saturday to uh, Monday, so like nine days. Nine um, days. Mm-hmm. Wow! And you're back in one piece. I I yeah I think so. I mean, <laughs> I think I lost a couple a couple of pounds, but all yeah. the walking. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, usually on vacation you, uh-huh. you gain a few yeah. pounds, but uh, sounds like you guys got a lot of exercise. No, 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 not here. Yeah, it was uh, it was the walking I never thought I was gonna do. I mean, I knew we were gonna walk, but I never thought about the <laughs> this type of walking. 
And I'll bet the pilgrims that went with you um, were similarly moved. Yes, Fatima was the, high, the highlight of seeing the Pope um, and, and, and just being with, with Mary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wonderful. Alex, thanks so much for sharing the story, and thanks for uh, helping to escort all those pilgrims. And uh, um, we'll look forward to... Uh, we won't wait for the world, the next World Youth Day no. to have you back on. <laughs> no, 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 because, I mean, there's so many things coming up. So yeah, I look are. forward to we talking to you. We need to talk to you. you. You're going you're gonna to present at, uh, at uh, Ministry Days. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm the most qualified, but I'm the one that said yes. <laughs> <laughs> you drew the short end of the straw? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're really scraping the bottom of the, ba the barrel. Where am I? Where, where I saw it in here somewhere? Um, uh, yes, it's on, on one of the confirmation topics. Yeah, what do you? What do you? What's your topic? Is one of the confirmation. Oh, there, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Is um, it has to do with confirmation. Very good. Very uh -huh. good. <laughs> Alex, always a joy. Mm. Thanks so much. It's good to have you back in the building. Same, same here. I mean, thank you to all um, everybody that prayed for us. Yes. Thank you for your prayers. They yes. were really felt. Oh, that's that's great. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town, 
uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, for all you do and for that wonderful introduction. Well, we're pleased to uh, welcome in uh, Paulette Wiley, who's going to share with us about this great event coming up right around the corner. Paulette, good day to you. Good day, Mr. Dunning. <laughs> Thank you the, for having us. Yes, you're the Paulette's the executive director of the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home, which is uh, what thirty years something now. Yeah, we're working on our thirty-first year now. Wow. This is going to be thirty-one years this year. Yeah, that's amazing. We're some people think we're the best kept secret. Not everybody knows about us. Still. I know <laughs> that's true. I, I I tell people about it. And they say, "What's that again?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but we've been working on our annual dinner. We've been working on getting our name out there. So, uh, you know, some of our um, county folks have been out and talked to them. So the word's out there. So it's spreading. Uh, but hopefully people will see and hear about this dinner, and they'll want to come and support and be a part of um, some good food and some fellowship and to hear some wonderful stories about our some, some, some of our past residents. Yeah, I don't know which is the, the highlight. Uh, the good food is really wonderful, but it's it's not the highlight, obviously, and it's not <laughs> the reason. I think we'd all come if you were just serving beans, but uh, the food <laughs> is always really good and very plentiful. Mm -hmm. But um, the, hearing the stories is just... Uh, of the people that the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home has helped is just really moving. First, well, there, I'm sure there are people listening that maybe don't know about the, the, the home itself. Give us a, a thumbnail sketch of the home, uh, how it started, and, and what it does, and what it encompasses. Well, it started originally um, at a request from um, Bishop Quinn, mm -hmm. uh, saying there was a need for a uh, shelter for homeless pregnant women. And the women at Catholics for Life at the time uh, answered that need. And initially, we were supposed to be a part of the diocese, but for whatever reason, um, we ended up being independent. And so, you know, we've been operating as a nonprofit. Um, we don't expect accept any government support or funding. It's all through those private donations. And we've been doing it now for 31 years. Um, we provide shelter, transportation, access to education um, at our home, and the kicker is the supportive uh, atmosphere for our residents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because obviously with the, the, the services that you provide, there are probably all kinds of government grants out there that you could access, but they all they all would come with uh, with 
you know, cer- certain restrictions <laughs> and guidelines and things. Some some of which are would be fine, and some of which right. uh, might might uh, restrict things that you want to do. Hindrance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, yep. So you know, we we try to muster through with that with this thing, you know, from those private donors who you know, from the dinner to, um, you know, we do receive support through the um, the ACA every year. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know. And we manage. The, the <laughs> we annual manage Catholic appeal. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very, we try to be very conscientious um, and be good stewards of the donations that we have so that we can make sure we can keep on serving the women uh, of Sacramento. So, yeah. So how do, how, do, how do the women come to you, and what services do you offer to them? Uh, so the women come to us. It can be a self-referral. Um, they can, you know, but just by Googling online, uh, they can, if they call 211, which is like an information line for people with ser- for services, mm-hmm. um, and they'll find us through there. Uh, or even sometimes they have county workers. We've even had women who um, have run across judges who have recommended us. Oh, uh, very interesting. To, yeah. To, to, yeah. So, you know, various ways the police... Uh, a number of sheriffs know we're, we're available, that sort of thing. So, and um, the new task force too, trying to get the word out to them that we are available. So that's what we've kind of been doing with county and, you know, county and city are working together with the homeless population, um, trying to get the word out for services and try to get people to take advantage of those. Wow. So yeah. And Once so we, what? What do you? What What are you able to provide? So we are able to provide a private room for every mother, expectant mother, when she comes to us. Um, they get transportation to any doctor's appointments, um, you know, social work, any sort of benefits they need, like DMV if they need ID or the Social Security office, things like that, transportation to any of those sorts of things. Um, we provide them with a B access to some extra education for parenting classes, BV, domestic violence uh, classes. We try to hook them up with some of our community partners in order to get those services to them as well. So um, any of those trauma issues or or things that have been a part of their past that they can hopefully address and um, make some progress in that so they can provide the best circumstances for their new baby and their children. Do some of the women already have children? Yeah, some of them do. Some of them actually, a lot of times that come to us, they'll have family in the area that can take the children um, while they're with us. Um, a lot of times it can be difficult. They'll have uh, foster, you know, the families can foster them. Um, a lot of times we don't realize, you know, with the Section 8 housing the way it is, you know, even if they're family might be willing and might be willing to take them in there's you know like those government rules we were talking about with the right, grants right you know if they're not listed on the paperwork they they technically can't take them in and if they did they would lose their housing so you know there's kind of sticky wicket sometimes uh, so the families want to be helpful but they can't um, and so we try to make sure that in those circumstances as well, that they're always in touch with their families, there's visitation and things like that. So we try to make sure that um, 
any that there are never any severed ties of support. If they have positive support that they want to have in their life, we want to help foster that. Um, and so we, we, we encourage that as well. So they're with you for, for how long? Well, typically they're with us uh, on average about, well, about anywhere from six months. If they're in our transitional program, it could be nine months. But really, we've had women that have been with us for a year or even a year and a half, uh-huh. uh, just because it could be so difficult at times to get the housing and, and that sort of thing. And the last thing we would ever want is to um, put an end date on it, you know, right. on their stay with us and then turn them back out to a traditional shelter system where you cannot be there during the day. You know, you have to pack up all your belongings and, and, and leave the shelter, and then they have to come back or get in line maybe to see if there might be room. Right. Um, and so we want them to avoid that. And so we try to, um, that's why we opened up our transitional home and have offered the transitional program, because we want to try to give them really the very best opportunities and the very best chances to be able to continue the progress that they make with us past us. So give us a, a, a hypothetical, if you would, of somebody somebody hears about you and contacts you what what's the next step and and then what progresses from there sure so the first thing is even when we even when we have a referral from whatever agency um we we always say we need to talk to the woman first so we can get some of their information um to see what kind of needs they have and then we set them up for a tour uh, to come to the home because you know, it can be hard sometimes to come off the street um, in a structured environment and and be successful. Uh-huh. And so sometimes it's nice to be able to come and check things out. And so they come for their tour, they check things out, uh, and then a lot of times, I'd say most of the time, like 90% of the time, the women set up a date for intake at that point. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you know, they'll, they'll come back with their uh, mental health screening or TV tests and things like that. And from there, we, we move into their intake and go over all the rules and expectations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're handed their key and shown to their room. Are, are most of them accepted or are there reasons you don't accept people? Um, there really aren't any reasons to not accept anybody uh, the only thing uh, that I would say that we could be hesitant on is if someone has a mental health diagnosis and they are not med compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, we can even work around women because there are certain medications that they can't take during pregnancy, right, and we understand right. that. And as long as we have a worker that they have a worker to support them as well, you know, to help us with them because. We're not qualified for that. So we want to make sure, again, we have all of the systems in place for the support for the resident to be successful. Um, and so as long as they have a worker uh, and we can meet regularly and, and troubleshoot if there are problems or things like that, really, we don't, we don't really, we can always make exceptions. You know, we have our standard guidelines of, you know, the woman's usually seven months pregnant, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, just like on the other end where we say um, we're not going to turn anyone out into the street, we try to accommodate women who are even earlier in their pregnancy. So it just kind of depends on situations, if, you know, especially if they're in a dangerous situation, like a domestic violence situation. Most 
definitely we will take them, even if it is before what we normally, seven months or so. You know? do, you, do you ever have to turn anybody away because you don't have space? Um, not currently. Uh, we, we used to have a waiting list pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, our numbers really went down during COVID and um, even after, for the, sometime after, because of all the motel vouchers that were out there. Oh, okay. Um, but we've steadily been seeing a, an increase in our numbers again, and the need is really getting more and more um, necessary. And so, um, but I will say, since we started instituting our, our tours, it's been really nice. You know, it's, it's really a good way for them to be able to see and think about, okay, is this what I really want? Instead of just showing up and right. and be like, oh, this is where I'm at now. Right. So it's just been a nice addition to um, our process for them. So what's the day-to-day life uh, within the home for for our hypothetical woman? Sure. So the residents um, are up and they have uh, we have morning devotions at nine in the morning. So we do a, a brief prayer and then our house meeting. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll have a uh, doctor's appointment, so we'll have a ride list of who, ha- who put in for rides that day, um, and we'll start taking them on those rides. We have uh, scheduled classes with our, our community partners. We try, they're, they're usually, like, um, in six- or eight-week kind of blocks of time, mm-hmm. and so, you know, trying to get out there and, and to get the community partners on board to um, do the classes, so they might have classes that day, one or two. We always have our AA meeting every week um, in the evening. So for the most part, you know, we try to keep them busy to, they'll have a, 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 a meeting with our case manager um, to keep them on track. So if, you know, they're usually busy because they have things that to, to, uh, to do with with the case manager, you know, whether it's studying for maybe their driving test, you know, will help mm-hmm. do that. Or maybe, um, you know, they registered for school. We actually have a woman who did that recently. So, you know, it just kind of depends on what they have to do for the day. Um, but chores, everyone t- takes part in a daily chore. Um, that's completed by 1030. And then uh, all the residents have a, a weekly cook night that they're responsible for. We do have community dinner or family dinner. Um, and so they are responsible for one of those uh, cook nights a week where they prepare the meal. And um, I always encourage them to share uh, any family recipes or favorites that they grew up with, you know, again, to kind of bring that back, those good memories, mm-hmm. to pass on those familial um, things that, you know, we all hopefully have. And if not, we can create. And even that happens at BGMH as well. You know, I'm quite famous for my cheesecake, so now <laughs> we're going to have a class on how to make my cheesecake. Oh wow! Can I'm I a, come? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big um, proponent for you share your recipes. So yes, yes. Live on. And so I make um, my husband's and aunt her mother's cinnamon bun cake. Mm. And I always tell the residents, "This is Grandma Isabel." <laughs> you know. I think that's important, too, to make sure that people know. And, again, that's what Bishop Gregor's maternity home, it's a family. You know, we, we become an extended family. So it's important to have those little traditions and things like that. So who does the grocery shopping? 
I never grocery shopping. Okay. <laughs> so every 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 Thursday is the day that any of their lists are due. So they compile their list for whatever recipe they're making, and then our house manager goes through and marks off um, what we have, what we don't, what we already have. She'll cross out the list, and then I'll go um, grocery shopping for the week. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, on any given evening, how many people are you serving? Um, at dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, our dinner can be around eight. Okay. Eight to ten, maybe depends on who's there. Because um, sometimes we'll have, you know, if they have a meeting, we'll, we're never going to turn anyone away. You know, feed the hungry. <laughs> yeah. Provide drink to the thirsty. Um, so even sometimes our. Um, like the people who come in to do meetings or teach classes can join us as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that just kind of fosters that trust and, sure. and that relationship for them. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's about that. And what, once the baby's born, then mm-hmm. does, does the person go into transitional housing? Well, once the baby's born, they still stay with us for a little while, um, up until the baby's about three months old. Mm-hmm. And then... They apply for our transitional home, um, and they're you know, they're required in that program to either work or go to school for thirty five hours a week. Mm-hmm. And so we're not really providing them any any services if, in that regard, as far as um, you know, classes and trying to work with community partners to come in or you know do online classwork. They're they're more independent, um, making the transition. Wow. How many women have come through the home? Oh, we've had uh, over 2,000 women. It's, I, I have to look at our recent numbers. But last, at last look I saw, and that was pre-COVID, it was oh, about 2,000, 2,500, something like wow. that. 2,500, wow. yeah, something like that. So the dinner is September the 10th, Sunday evening. It, it sure is. And um, it's at Armand's Palace, again, in Elk Grove. This is our third year there. Um, Beautiful facility. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful location right off the freeway. So even even if you live on the north side of town and you're driving all the way from Granite Bay, <laughs> we're right off the freeway. So right off, it's right off of I-5. So that's the nice thing about that. Um, and, you know, even with all the prices and groceries and all that going up, um, we're working with, we found a great caterer who, who's worked with us to keep our our price the same. So we can keep our ticket prices this year. Still, it's $85 a person for a single ticket. Very so, good. And, and you uh, know, that's been really nice. And some you'll hear some uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, stories. And also a great keynote speaker, uh, Kathleen Domingo, the executive director <laughs> of the California Catholic Conference, which represents all the bishops of the state of California. That's right. Talking, uh, she speaks with our legislature. You know, um, she's the voice of of uh, Catholics yeah. in the area. You know, trying to promote the dignity for all people, and that's what we're all about: is treating those women with dignity um, and protecting lives, both their own and their babies. How can people get a ticket? Um, you can go online to a bishop. Uh, bgmhsacramento.com, uh, or excuse me, dot org, and uh, you can go under events, and you can print out a flyer. Uh, you can give us a call because you know our our count was due to uh, our caterer on August thirty first, 
but there's all, I always have some extra spaces available. We always because there's some there's, we know that there's last minute people, and we want to make sure everyone who wants to come can come. Right. Um, it might be a little hard to get exactly what you want to eat, depending on how popular the <laughs> meal is. But I, you know, I make sure that the caterer has a. a a, a kind of a variety of those extra ticket meals. So we well, really the, do the try choices to are always good anyway. So yeah, and we're really excited about this year. So yeah, yeah, it's always. It's I mean, uh, even if you got your last choice, it'd still be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we even have a very good master of ceremonies too. I don't know if you know him. I don't. <laughs> Mr. Bob Dunning always. <laughs> Always able and willing. We always love having you. It's great. Well, I love being there. Evening. <laughs> I really, I really, it's a real joy for me to be there and see all those good people, you know. Yeah. And and to meet your staff and, and you, Paulette, and, and, and all the, the women you're helping and uh, all the volunteers. It's just, it's, it's a truly wonderful evening and it's a fun evening. You know, it's, 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 it's serious and it's meaningful, but it's also a lot of fun. Yep, that's a lot of the same feedback that I get every year, that they just have, people have a really good time. Yeah. And that's important, you know, we want you to enjoy it. So it's a, good, it's, it's a great event to be a part of. Like I said, that fellowship is a really big key to that. You know, when I uh, talk with the women, because the women do come from the home uh, and join us at that dinner, um, it's just an opportunity for them to be able to see the love and support that they have because yep. a lot of times you feel very lonely, you know, at the home and in the shelter by yourself. Um, some of the women might be estranged from their family. And so being able in a room, even though it's a room full of strangers, just to know that they have your back and they're there to support you, um, it can be a very emotional and very moving uh, evening for them as well. Absolutely. Well, Paulette, God bless you and all the people you're working with and all the people that come to the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home and we'll look forward to seeing you on September 10th. Thank you so much, Bob. Looking forward to you and everyone out there. So um, God bless you all and, and, your, and your loved ones. Yeah, thanks so much, Paulette. That's Paulette Wiley, who's the Executive Director of the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home. Again, the dinner is September 10 uh, in the evening at Armand's Palace in Elk Grove. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. Can I pour my heart out to a listening ear? Well, I see this life, its valleys and mountains, and I think of all the roads that brought me here, oh, that brought me here, walking down, walking down the road. Well, I've questioned my reasons, this life I'm living. I question my ability to judge wrong from right Well, I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion, my country, my mind But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do You really love me like you say you do Significance, meaning, and relevance. 